0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Optive Theology Podcast. My name is Andy Schmidt, and today we are doing a podcast with Sam Crabtree, who wrote the book Practicing Affirmation and the book Practicing Thankfulness. Now, for this podcast, we actually did film it, so I will have a link in the description of the podcast that will shoot you over to the YouTube channel or the Facebook channel, and you can watch this podcast from there. Hope you enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Optive Theology Podcast. My name is Andy Schmidt. I'm here with Pastor Nick Gibson and special guest Sam Crabtree. Sam, thanks for coming
1: on the podcast. I'm going to say it's a pleasure, but I, I, I might be premature. We'll see how, yeah. <laughs> how hard you grill me here. Okay, okay. Well, we, I, before we get
0: started, I want people to know who you are. Some people probably already do, but some people don't. So, tell us who you are, what you do, and what you have done in your life. In Briefly,
1: don't, don't give us all the details. Yeah. Uh, okay. I, um, I'm married to Vicki, 49 plus years. Mm-hmm. Um, I have two children and six grandchildren. I've been pastoring for 40 years. Uh, maybe some people would uh, identify with the fact that I, I like to play basketball for six decades. Yeah. Um, written a few books. I'm chairman of the board of a seminary, and I'm on the board of Desiring God. Some people might recognize that organization. Mm-hmm. I don't. Know, is, that, is that the kind of thing you're looking for here? Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's perfect. Yeah. I didn't know that you played basketball. I loved basketball for a long really? time until my knees said no way you, you don't run anymore. You yeah. waddle like an old man. Yeah. So do you, do you prefer, do you watch basketball or is it just, um, I don't, I don't schedule myself so that I can see the, the yeah. game, but, mm. but during like playoffs, yeah, March Madness in college yeah. and the NBA playoffs, I like to catch some of it and just see how they're, playing the game these days. Yeah. I didn't know that next,
0: next year we could do a playoff, uh, like a party or something like that. And we can all go to the crab. Yeah, I had a
1: pastor friend who used to, um, videotape the, the finals. Really? And he would tell his congregation, nobody tell me the outcome of the game. (laughs) Yeah. And then he would watch it later and fast forward through all the commercials and all the free throws and all that stuff. Yeah,
0: that's the best way to do it. Yeah,
1: he could watch a a whole game in 35 minutes or so. Well, there you go. Well, that's
0: awesome. Um, So I guess just to get started here, I guess we could start with you wrote a book. You've written two books, right? Or have you written more than that? more than that. Well, there's the two ones that we're going to talk about, practicing affirmation and practicing thankfulness. And so we'll start with practicing affirmation and we'll kind of just jump into it. I guess, why did you
1: choose to write this book? It's been about 10 years, right? Since it's released. Yeah, it's been out a little over a decade. Um, The motivation centered around the fact that I, I need what I wrote. For mm-hmm. me, I need to be reminded of mm-hmm. the things that are contained in the book. And I had taught a pre marriage class for a couple of decades. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things I would cover in there was th- what I call the affirmation ratio. Mm-hmm. And um, people in the class would say, Is there some place where we can find more stuff to read about that? And mm-hmm. And I wasn't able to make any good recommendations. And so Mm -hmm. I thought, well, maybe I should write it. In fact, somebody said, why don't you write it? Yeah. And lo and behold, here we are. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
0: what, well, you talk about the affirmation ratio.
2: Yep. What is that? He's newly married, so could benefit from this. (laughs) Uh,
1: Yeah. Uh, I think there's a proportionality between affirmation Mm -hmm. in relationships and Correction mm-hmm. in relationships and affirmations are life-giving and upbuilding and inject energy into relationships. Mm-hmm. And correction, even when it's right and it's warranted mm-hmm. and it's biblical, and you ought to shape up, buddy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Those are draining. Hmm. And they have an alienating effect Mm -hmm. in relationships. And Mm -hmm. so there's a proportionality Mm -hmm. between those that if the affirmations don't significantly outweigh the corrections, there will be consequences in the relationship. So for one thing, if if there's too many corrections, Mm -hmm. uh, the person receiving the correction, whether it's a spouse Mm -hmm. in a marriage context Mm -hmm. or Kids in a parenting context mm-hmm. or students in a classroom context mm-hmm. or a flock in a congregational pastoral context mm-hmm. or employees mm-hmm. in a work environment. Mm-hmm. If the boss is always on their case all the time, mm-hmm. the people tune out the corrections. That's yeah. the first consequence. Mm-hmm. They just stop listening because, mm-hmm. oh, that's just the way he is all the time. Yeah. He's, he's just a bugger. Mm-hmm. And if the pattern continues, they not only tune out those corrections, Hmm. even if they're right, even if the corrections are warranted, Mm -hmm. they tune out the person Hmm. altogether. Yeah. I don't want to be around that guy. Hmm. They'll avoid them. Oh, here he comes. Let's, you know, let's skedaddle. And the the third, there's more than three, but the third consequence is the relationship can actually become oppositional, Hmm. where if you're in favor of it, I'm against it just because you want to do it. Yeah. And, and we see this in a lot of rebellious teenagers Mm -hmm. who just their parents are in favor of it. So um, I'm not in favor. Yep. I'm, I'm going to drag my heels and, and somebody else, their, their coach yeah, or their camp counselor Mm -hmm. or their youth pastor Mm -hmm. or their uncle, Mm -hmm. somebody else could tell them the exact same thing Mm -hmm. and they'll, yeah. Okay. That sounds good. I'll Mm -hmm. do that. Yeah. And the parents wonder, I said the same thing. Yeah, I said yeah. the same thing. What right. am I been talking about? You yeah, you know. But the teenager had tuned out that parent. Yeah. Because they were constantly on their case. Maybe I could give one uh, true life example. Yeah, let's hear it. I was talking about this at a uh, gathering of Campus Crusade staff, or now they're called Crew, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. from five states had gathered in uh, Indiana, mm-hmm. and uh, I was talking about this topic. And then we took a break. Yeah, And uh, after the break, a guy that had been sitting down in the front wasn't there. He didn't return, mm-hmm. but I, it was no big deal. But I happened to notice because he was right in the front. Well, later in the day, when we had a lunch break, he approached me and he said, I, I want to explain why I missed the mm-hmm. second session. Mm-hmm. If you notice, I said, well, I did notice, but it's no big deal. Yeah, And he said, um, what you were describing was me, mm-hmm. I have a 14 year old son, mm-hmm. and he's a good son. you anybody would be happy to have him as a son, mm-hmm. but I'm always relentlessly on his case. Mm-hmm. Did you put your bike away? You got your homework done? Mm-hmm. Straighten your collar, mm-hmm. your hair, you know fix your hair. Don't look at your mother like that. you know mm-hmm. I'm just on his case all the time mm-hmm. So that for mm-hmm. about the last two years, we haven't spoken. Oh wow. oh wow. Mm -hmm. live in the same house. We don't talk to each other. He avoids me. And I've come to realize I I don't blame him Mm. because of the way I I talk to him all the time. And I mean, well, but I'm just constantly pushing on him and Mm -hmm. pressing Mm -hmm. on him and not affirming anything. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot to affirm. Mm -hmm. And so I determined at that break, I'm going to call him and so this was in the days before cell phones, and so I I called home, and my wife got him on the phone, and I said, "Son, the 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 main and only reason I'm calling is I just want to tell you that I'm glad you're my son. I'm proud of you, my son. You mm-hmm. you're a good son in many ways. And that's my only reason for calling." And he started to talk to me, this Mm -hmm. son, this 14 year old that didn't talk to me. Mm -hmm. And he started telling me about what's going on at school and what's happening with his friends. And he ended up talking, talk, talk, talk for 45 minutes. And I wasn't going to come back to your session. (laughs) There you go. Mm -hmm. So what I'm illustrating by that, when you ask about what's an affirmation ratio, is just that one phone call Mm -hmm. had such power Mm -hmm. to overcome years of drift in their relationship. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I'm urging people by talking about affirmation Mm -hmm. ratio. Mm -hmm. In fact, there's good hope for males here because Mm -hmm. you can make a project out of this. You can, Mm -hmm. you don't have to be intuitive about this. Mm -hmm. Just decide, get up in the morning and decide Mm -hmm. I'm going to affirm my kids, my wife, Mm -hmm. my coworkers, Mm -hmm. whatever. Mm -hmm. And, um, and reap the benefits mm-hmm. of it it's it's very powerful um let me add this that this is a universal mm-hmm. non-optional principle mm-hmm. that god has wired into human relationships mm-hmm. in other words a person can say well i'm not very good at it and i'm not going to worry about it you can decide yeah. that but you yeah. can't decide the consequences that will come from it yeah. it's non-optional mm-hmm. and it's universal yeah, It applies in every relationship, including your relationship with your dog. Hmm. You know, if you say, good job, Rover, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, you're going to have a happier dog yeah. than if you're uh, always shaking a stick at him. Yeah, And it applies to your relationship even with God. Mm-hmm. He, God inhabits the praises of his people. Mm-hmm. He wants us to be affirmed. In fact, I argue in the book that mm-hmm. affirmation is the purpose of the universe. God made the universe so that affirmation would happen. Hmm. Chiefly affirmation of God himself. Yeah. That's why he made the universe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so in every relationship we have, Mm -hmm. it's at work, Mm -hmm. this dynamic, this principle of affirming or correcting Mm
2: -hmm.
1: or ignoring Mm -hmm. and being indifferent. Um, There's, I would say, if, if you would picture a stream and there's, there's a drift mm-hmm. in this stream that moves from one side to the other. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens to relationships. They just drift yeah. into deadness, alienation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you have to affirm to keep working upstream. Mm. The affirmations power your craft, as it mm-hmm. were, to keep sailing upstream. And and you don't want to end up down here in the in the mm-hmm. ocean yeah. of uh, alienation, mm-hmm. but you want to be moving towards. Upbuilding uh, mm-hmm. and intimacy. Yeah. And uh, so, I don't know. That's a long oh. answer to your question. What What's was, affirmation yeah. ratio? That was I a think, good answer. So I think one of the things that
2: Sam does a great job in the book is he like right now, he did a lot of pastoral stuff where mm-hmm. he's like, here's why it works. Right. But like in the book, especially the first section, he spends a lot of time on the theology of affirmation hmm. where he talks about that affirmation is a kind of indirect worship that by like me affirming what God is doing in you, I am also, so I'm graciously affirming you, but I'm also pointing my attention to God's glory. And I I think when you said affirmation is in some sense, the purpose of creation, Mm -hmm. it reminds me a little bit of the natural flick fleshly objection people make where, where that Lewis talks about in his book on the Psalms, where people go, Oh, well, if God created the whole world for affirmation or the whole universe for affirmation, isn't that a deficiency in God that that should be the case? And Lewis argues that no, um, Giving affirmation even to God is gracious. That is, it's properly generous. But the reason why we give affirmation to God is Mm -hmm. because of that God is glorious. That is, he is the right, appropriate and ordinate object Mm -hmm. of appreciation, attention, enjoyment and so on. Mm -hmm. And so if you if if God creates the universe for affirmation, that's a gift to the affirmer.
0: Hmm.
2: As well as enjoyed by him, the receiver, yeah. as opposed to like it only being gracious. Mm-hmm. So like if I'm not doing great and Sam finds something to affirm in me, right? He's doing something that's gracious, mm. right? he's being, but he's being generous, but he's also looking at something. He's ho- hopefully, if he's being honest, he's finding something in me that is also connected to me bearing God's image in some way mm-hmm. that points back to what should have our attention mm-hmm. and therefore points to the greater glory of God who is all glorious. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yeah. So, I, so there's just like this thing that people mm-hmm. will get in their heads. is kind of like, well, if God feels that way, if you know, if he wants affirmation, that's wrong. Yeah. And I think getting the concept of worship, right requires getting the doctrine of glory right.
0: Is there a difference between God wanting affirmation and God needing
2: affirmation? Like he doesn't, he doesn't to God deserving affirmation. Yeah. So like Christian theology treats, creates, treats worship first as an objective category before a subjective one. It is ordinate or the, or the right offering Mm. to worship God because God deserves to be worshiped. And we as subordinated dependent creatures, Mm -hmm. it's the right relationship to that God to Recognize our dependence and our derivative enjoyment and existence in Him hmm. right, and because it's right, hmm. then it would be wrong for God not to desire it and invite it because yeah. it is ordinate and right, yeah just like showing somebody mercy is something that they deserve, and then I subjectively offer it because I should right. Yes. There's probably a much better way Sam would say it. But no, you're something. doing real
1: well, Nick. In <laughs> fact, I, I I hope your viewers appreciate how articulate you mm. are. You, you're you a great mm. voice for th- these truths. Yeah, I think that sometimes I people right know there, something you know? about
2: desiring God. Yeah. One, one of the things Desiring God tries yeah. to do is get the concept of God and God's glory right first. Yeah. If you get that right, then a lot of this stuff follows pretty well. Yeah. But if you don't, like... If the an average person, like, lie, all, all, exists or, yeah. within the the per- perceived problem of pain and God's hiddenness, with a sense of like anger towards God. Mm-hmm. So, so most people, even Christians, exist in this sort of like settled state of like light anger and disappointment with God. Mm-hmm. And so then, when you say, "Well, God wants you to affirm Him," do you see it? It's like it's like the absent abuser. <laughs> now wants you to say they're fantastic. That's what's happening yep. emotionally. Yep. Just suck Even it up in, and praise
1: God. Right. Mm-hmm. Even in Christians mm-hmm. who
2: like say they believe in God and, they, yeah. and that he's glorious, and, right? But with how they feel is the God who isn't really there for me and probably should have made the world a better place mm-hmm. somehow now wants me to say he did a fantastic job, mm-hmm. right? It's like, but that's why we need theology is because we need (laughs) need to realize that that emotional perception is very imperfect. Yeah. And so that's one of the reasons why God reveals himself as glorious and loving and caring and and tries to speak and show Mm. how he's demonstrated that supremely in Christ and in many other ways Mm. so that we can realize that we can struggle with wishing God was more directly evident to our senses or that, um, that the way the curse has functioned within the plan of redemption, we Mm. wish that that was easier Mm -hmm. for us Um, And that we didn't have to learn through suffering or difficulty or experience. Mm -hmm. God is still maximally glorious. And if that's our starting point, then we can then face these other things much better.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Let me underline one little thing that you said and then augment um, what you've said so well. You should be a preacher. Um, You just slipped in there kind of as an asterisk that affirmations need to be true. Amen underline exclamation mark boldface print right they'll backfire mm-hmm. if they're not true mm-hmm. yeah exaggerated praise is false by definition mm-hmm. and it it is akin to flattery yeah. where i'm just saying this cuz i'm trying to squeeze something out of you yeah right um, and whereas, people
2: presume then that it's either servility or sycophancy, either you're just trying to protect yourself by praising me to get me off your back, yeah. or you're trying to suck up to me to tap into my mm-hmm. power for yourself. Mm-hmm. So it's fla- like,
0: flattery or the, uh, trying to stay away from
1: conflict, but I mean, that's, yeah, our fear, yeah. yeah. fear. Yeah. 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 The, 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 God is not a megalomaniac yeah. in requiring our praise partly because not only is it true, as you have rightly said but because we love and enjoy admiring stuff mm-hmm. we enjoy, i mean when you mm-hmm. see a good podcast or documentary yeah. you talk about it yeah and true. if we find a good pizza place mm-hmm. we talk about it mm-hmm. and if we see a beautiful sunrise we love or, or your favorite music mm-hmm. you don't play your favorite music once check the box uh, yeah. and say i've i've heard that music i don't need yeah. to hear that again mm-hmm. you play it again mm-hmm. So if admiration is our highest pleasure Mm -hmm. and God is mostly to be admired, Mm -hmm. if he's rightly understood, then introducing people to this God is not oppressing them under some obligation that I guess I got to praise him Mm -hmm. as though you have to praise your favorite music or you have to praise your favorite food or or whatever is beautiful to you. You want to do it because it's altogether fitting. Mm-hmm. It's true and it's pleasurable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. we like mm-hmm. to do it, which yeah. changes evangelism from, mm-hmm. you know, don't be ramming your religion down my throat. I'm not ramming anybody's religion down anybody's throat. I'm saying there's the happiest party conceivable. It's even beyond conception. Yeah. And I want it's you to come yeah. And yeah. all come aboard. Oh, right. yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And, and I mean, this very simple word that we use and misuse is love. Like when somebody falls in love with somebody, what's ha- actually happening there? Mm. And what's happening is spontaneous intense admiration. That's what's happening. A that certain is, type of love, right? Right. That's, right. And yeah. if you were to verbalize that spontaneous intense admiration, mm. it would be affirmation. Yeah. So, I mean, that that's literally what love is. Yeah. Which the most irreligious person still says that they want as bad as anything in the world. When you we're say just love- explaining that. There's yeah. there's more vertical and cosmic dynamics of it than just the intense feeling you could have towards another image bearer. Yeah.
0: Well, okay, so, but I I want to like, kind of, define things real quickly because I mm-hmm. think people from my generation who listen to this and they hear affirmation is the f- first thing that I thought of when Nick told me or somebody like read practicing affirmation and I was like, I'm not reading that book because the people of my generation oftentimes are. Affirming thing like there's like affirmation therapy and there's a way of affirming things that aren't actually good like affirming thing mm-hmm. affirming. People sin and stuff like that, that oftentimes ha- has made its way into the church to where, oh, like, um, come as you are now means affirm all sin and everybody can do whatever they want. Yeah. Now, I know that that's not what that means. So, you're
2: saying like there's the floofy side of like the self esteem yes. movement where we, yes, we, we, affirm, we try to affirm people into goods yeah. rather than recognizing goods and affirming them. Yes. And it's like a backwards right. way of forming people yeah. and also, um, affirmation Mm -hmm. to avoid conflict relative to difficult doctrines.
0: Right. And so my, my question then, which
2: which literally the LGBTQ movement literally uses the word. Are you an affirming church? Yes. That's literally the word that they use. Yeah. Right.
0: And, and obviously that's not what you mean by uh, affirmation. So when you have a young person listening to this, how do you, how do you make, how do you make a Christian distinction between
1: biblical affirmation and worldly affirmation? Well, let me say what it's not. Yeah. And then try to say what I think it is. Yeah. Um, This is not about self-esteem. Yeah. Uh, There's a plague of self-esteem in our culture. Hmm. Uh, GK Hmm. Chesterton and others said, I'll show you where there's self-esteem. It's in the lunatic asylums. Hmm. These are people who esteem themselves um in my undergraduate days i worked at a state hospital a locked ward where the residents there each resident thinks only of himself mm-hmm. self 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 all day long mm-hmm. and i've um, been in prisons where a number of the residents there basically are there because what's yours is mine mm-hmm. Uh, I have my rights and they have an anger problem because everything violates them. Mm -hmm. It's all about them, 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 Mm -hmm. them, which is, Idolatrous. Uh, Stan, just really quickly for people
2: who are like, okay, that's anecdotal, like, but the, like Jay Baumeister is the third most cited psychologist. I think. In, I think period. And they they did he put out a study that which you you get for free online as a PDF, mm-hmm. and it talks about the correlation of self esteem with things like bullying, crime, oh, and sure. so on. Oh, well, and oh, what, sure. he, what he demonstrates in the psychological literature is. Though self-esteem does have benefits, hmm. that it, it doesn't co- correlate with morality or putting others first in, or empathy. So yeah. I think modern people want to say that if you have enough self-esteem, you'll have more empathy. Yeah. But what Baumeister shows is there's like five – there's a number of versions of self-esteem. That's because natural right. self-esteem It's true. you don't want people struggling with a certain yeah. kind of self-hatred. Well, something like there's a certain kind of self-hatred that's also a kind of idolatry and Mm -hmm. also a kind of gloom that we don't want people to have. And if you are too critical, like Sam is saying, you could build that in your kids with criticism. Yeah. Right. And and some churches that aren't careful with the doctrine of depravity. Yeah. I think can preach it in such a way as to not affirm being while they disaffirm the condition of sin of depravity Hmm. so that we, the person comes to believe as a Christian that they are worthless as opposed to infinitely valuable and deserving of damnation and broken and Mm -hmm. sick and bent as well as capable of being like Christ, the perfect human. Right. And so because so many things in Christianity are paradoxically mysterious in these interrelationships, Mm -hmm. Most people have a hard time holding out their mind at the same time. Well, let me tell me if this is so. All <clears throat> I meant to say was is that what Sam said, yeah, like the non Christian psychological literature bears yeah. out, and that's why there's been a crisis in the self esteem movement. That doesn't mean there isn't a good kind of self esteem or self regard, yes. it yeah. just means that self esteem as the, a popularized movement, yeah, like went off the tracks. And we don't, even, we always knew it theologically, yeah, now we, we should know it scientifically. So, can you
0: one of you tell me if this is like a good way of thinking? The way that I'm thinking about it right now is this is like a, what you mean. Mean, is that self-esteem is is almost like a neutral thing that naturally would because of sin nature become an evil thing that would we would use that would ultimately like turn into somebody who like commits crimes and bullies and all those things if 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 just given to to the, to the flesh but then self-esteem as a christian given mm-hmm. to godliness can become a, a good thing, right? I think
2: almost all worldly view, like, it's mm. this, this the classic, like, evil is always parasitic, right? Yeah. So there is, like, whenever the world comes up with a new idea, yeah, it's like Lewis said in Abolition of Man, it's some good value driven to the insanity of extremes. Yeah, yeah. So there is yes. something good about human, like, there's a kind of self-regard mm-hmm. that God wants us to have. That's why he calls us his adopted children and yeah. all these sorts of things. Right. But there's also, like, all of these concepts, when not connected to the other virtues and understands theologically, Which they then, run out to their extreme. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm really interested to see how Sam would like differentiate or define
1: that. Yeah. Uh, it, it, uh, definitions matter. I don't use the word self-esteem mm-hmm. when I'm talking about affirmation, yeah. though if it's defined a certain way, mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. that's fine. Yeah, um, Self-regard, use that, that phrase. Mm-hmm. I prefer mm-hmm. self-acceptance. Mm-hmm. It puts me in a passive receiving role that you may be very gifted, but there was a gifter mm-hmm. and, and I can commend the gifts in you. But through that, mm-hmm. commend the, the gifter, gifter. Yeah. who gave those gifts. Yeah. So if I say God has really mm-hmm. given you strengths and aptitudes and so mm-hmm. on, um, what I call in the book is the God-centered praise of those who are not God. Mm-hmm. So I think we ought to be commending people who are not God, mm-hmm. but commending them for what God mm-hmm. is doing in mm-hmm. them and giving them. Um, Paul wrote, there's, there's nothing I have I didn't receive. Mm-hmm. And I think he means nothing. <laughs> There's nothing I have to, uh, yeah. you know, the, you didn't pick your parents. Yeah. You didn't pick your DNA. Yeah. You didn't pick your body. Yeah. You didn't pick the time of history in which you live. You didn't mm-hmm. pick the color of your eyes. Mm-hmm. You didn't pick how intelligent you are, mm-hmm. which by the way, being intelligent is sometimes a burden. Mm-hmm. I, I think Jesus illustrated that when he said to his disciples, how long have I got to be with you guys <laughs> here? You yeah. know, don't you get yeah. it? Yeah. Um, so self acceptance mm-hmm. is different than self esteem. And I think self acceptance mm-hmm. is very healthy, but it quickly um Corey Tenboom said when she receives commendation or compliments or something. She pictures it as a bouquet. And she says, thank you for that bouquet. And then she hands it to Jesus.
0: Hmm.
1: Cause he's the one who has given her the strengths and the capacities yeah. that she has. So, hmm. uh,
2: um, Sam, I'm really interested in how you differentiate. So like in some of the more recent psychological literature in the self-esteem, in the academic part of self-esteem literature, it says like when you affirm a child, affirm things that they actually had control over other things, things they didn't. So, so if they thought, like if they used deliberateness or if they worked hard, those are the things you should affirm in a kid. And because like that really is something they did, not just something that they received. Now on some level, like I can see that like you actually are looking for something that they merited by choice versus not. It sounds like what you're saying is you would encapsulate both. You might say yeah. there's a gift that the kid received. You can affirm that that was a gift they passively yeah. received and they can be thankful for it. But even mm-hmm. when they do something right, there's, Acknowledging the operation of God's grace in addition to their cooperation by faith.
1: Exactly. I mean, Paul says this when he says, Work out your salvation. So you work it out, you do the work. Yeah. Work out your salvation mm-hmm. with fear and trembling. Work mm-hmm. for it is God, it who, is works, God who is at work in you both to will, will and to do. Mm-hmm. So do the willing, do the doing, mm-hmm. do it. And it's God who was at work in you. So At the end Mm -hmm. of the day, if you, if you preach a good sermon, thank you Lord for that good sermon Mm -hmm. that you Mm -hmm. preached. I preached it in the strength that he supplied. Mm -hmm. So yeah, both. Yeah. I want to, I want to ask about, um, I
0: have a question written down here about, um, in the conversation of, of affirmation. I feel like maybe for people that are like me, or maybe even like you, or I know like kind of just like men in general that it feels much more comfortable to rebuke people than it does to affirm people. You know, like if I know that you're doing something that I think is wrong or sinful I would have a, I would personally have a much easier time being like Sam you shouldn't be doing that that's wrong and like you need to stop sinning. I'm going to have a really hard time being like Sam I think you did a really good job because I feel weird doing that and I know that that's probably messed up and that means that I need to like work on some things personally. Mm-hmm. But how how do you what's the balance though because there still has to be room for mm-hmm. for the correction. Right. But what is that balance? Because like, yeah. I know you said in the beginning that it's, you have to have more affirmation than than correction. And, and there's probably not a formula for right. everybody. But kind of, yeah. well, how do you, how does that work out in your life?
1: Yeah. Uh, love does correct. Mm-hmm. Love corrects. Mm-hmm. Love also affirms. Mm-hmm. And um, God affirms. Mm-hmm. Jesus affirmed people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I I probably am sinfully jealous of Nathaniel. Of whom Jesus said, "Now there's a man in whom there's no guile." Wouldn't you like Jesus to say that about you? Mm-hmm. Um, very commendatory. Mm-hmm. He commended the centurion. He says, I, "In in all Israel, I haven't seen such great faith." Mm. Wow, that's yeah. a commendation. Right, um, God. God affirmed Noah as a man who was righteous in his generation. I mean, there's just, mm-hmm. uh, you, as you read through the Bible, there are numbers of places where God affirms, Jesus affirms, and it steals no glory from God mm-hmm. for Nebuchadnezzar to say about Daniel. Here's a man who's wiser than all of the wise men in my kingdom. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because that glory is going to go to God. Mm-hmm. No, you're good. Sorry, Maddie. <laughs> it's going to go to God. Um, so there is a right place and um be, because i think of what our hearts do and should mm-hmm. desire when, when jesus gave us the golden rule for example do to others what you wish they yeah. would do to you you would wish to be refreshed mm-hmm. by others mm-hmm. and so proverbs 11:25 says he who fresh refreshes others is himself refreshed mm-hmm. So go for it. Yeah. Go for the refreshment. Yeah. And that's where, now we're getting back to self. It is, it, it is in your self-interest, a word I don't think we've used yet, self-regard and self-esteem mm-hmm. and self-acceptance. <laughs> it's in your self-interest. In the same way Paul talks about mm-hmm. love. You know, if you, if you uh, um, could speak with the tongues of men and of angels and you, you had such faith you could tell a out and go jump in a lake and you, yeah. you give your body to be burned, yeah. but you didn't have love, what would it... Profit. Profit. Mm -hmm. He expects you and wants you to desire that profit. It's in your self-interest to profit in your relationships. And relationships are built up, strengthened, deepened, sweetened Mm -hmm. by affirmation. Why wouldn't you want that? Mm -hmm. So use that as a motivation to to get good at it. Do you think that people, I think that something that maybe would be an
0: objection to that would be that it feels uncomfortable to do something out of what seems to be selfish ambition. Like, I know that you're not saying it's selfish, but in some ways mm-hmm. it's like, I'm gonna affirm you or I'm gonna refresh you so that I can be refreshed. Doesn't mm-hmm. that seem like I'm doing that because I'm, I am I actually only care about getting myself
1: refreshed <laughs> and I don't really care about getting you refreshed. It, it could be you know? it could become selfish. Um, one of the differences between selfish and self-interest yeah. is I'm gonna do this because I win and it's at your expense yeah. and I don't care. Yeah. Um, That's okay. It can be corrupted to say you'll win and I'll win, but I'm doing it mainly because I'll win. Mm -hmm. That's still corrupted. Yeah. That's still, there's a, there's a contamination in that. Um, but if I think it's totally true, this thing I'm going to commend in you, totally true. Yeah. It'll be healthy for you to hear it. It'll Mm -hmm. give honor to God because he gave it to you. Yeah. And if it springs back on me Mm -hmm. and I think it will, but. Whether it does or doesn't, it's still right for me to say it, Mm -hmm. and I can take pleasure in doing what's right, even if it doesn't immediately rebound to me as Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. a—he who gives a cup of cold water to these little ones Mm -hmm. will not lose his reward. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Does he get it from the children? Mm
0: -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. No. It comes way around the button. Bar- God will take care of it. He's yeah. superintending all these dynamics and mm-hmm. and he'll make sure that it happens. So it, it is a, it is a tricky thing to do things in your self-interest, but it's like salvation. Yeah. Salvation is in your self-interest. Yeah. So <laughs> right. trust <Yeah>. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. He gets the glory. You get saved.
0: Yeah. It's like a weird, it's just weird to think about because when you think about Christianity, a lot of, I guess like salvation, yeah, a lot of these things are, the reason that I want to be a Christian is so that I can be saved. Like if like, and that's self-interest and then that's not selfish, but it's, it could, it could turn into a selfish mindset. I think a lot
2: lot of people accept Christ in the beginning and it is selfish. It's better than hell. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And like, and because part of it is to, to, to trust and follow God because Mm. God is truly a glorious being
1: Mm.
2: is a fairly mature, expression of virtue. And a lot of us in the state of of advanced depravity and how it's been working on our lives, we may not yet be capable of that experience. We may need to be drawn in the work of grace that Mm -hmm. God does in our life so that we can actually taste of wine when we Mm -hmm. only really liked chocolate milk before. You know what i mean and so it is true that god gives a gracious offer of salvation for people to receive even when they don't really understand its full implications Mm -hmm. but when people get saved they have no idea positively what they're getting into like sometimes we say like when you get saved you have no idea what you're getting into because Mm -hmm. you're going to walk the way of the cross with jesus yeah as you grow in faith to ultimate redemption and so sometimes we mean you have no idea what you're getting into negatively yeah. Even though you're going to get heaven. The opposite the, the reverse is also true. You have no idea what you're getting into positively, mm-hmm. not just because you don't know what heaven's really going to be like, mm-hmm. but because you don't understand the pleasures of God yet. Those come through the development of grace and sanctification yeah. and the development of virtue expanding the heart so that you can take pleasures that you would have thought burdens before. Mm-hmm. So like laying down your life in martyrdom can ultimately be the greatest joy. Mm-hmm. Even though at the beginning you would be like, "I just hope
1: that's doesn't yeah. happen." Yeah, you probably know who was the um, well-known missionary who said, "I've I've never made a sacrifice in my life." Oh yeah, I don't know. I don't think I can. I can. Was it Judson? I, I don't remember yeah, who it was. Yeah. Judson is
2: probably my favorite missionary. Wow! Uh, wow! Yeah. Which is like there were some cool ones. Yeah. Why? Cause he had three wives. No, I'm just kidding. Um, because uh, he, like he, the stuff that he went through. Yeah. He went through so many deaths yeah. before God gave him any fruit. Um, uh, I have a certain kind of respect for like what he faced hmm. and even his attitude mm-hmm. when he was hanging upside down in, in a Burman prison was, hmm. you know, if I die here, God will raise up men who will do it better than me. Hmm. And, and he was also a person so profoundly intellectually gifted that he could have made a life for himself in almost anything. But But one of the things that was really weird Mm -hmm. about the 18th, 19th, 19th century, early 19th century is some of the best and the brightest became missionaries. Hmm. Like Some of our like Ivy league people, like they went all over the world and Hmm. translated Bibles and stuff. Yeah. I think it might've been, I think it might've been Judson.
0: Yeah. Well, I want to ask, I think it has been, has it been 10 years I don't know if I'm getting that right. I don't want to get it wrong since you've written the book. I think it's been 10 yeah, years at least. So yep. are there things now that when you look back at the book and, and you read back through it, that you would change or that you would add to it or that you would take away from it? Are there new things that you've discovered about affirmation and how encouragement and encouragement and all these things that can, that can Yes, that you would add but to? I'll,
1: I'll admit, I don't think of any of them right now. I, what <laughs> I have is I have a little file. Yeah. And as I think of stuff, I throw it in that file and then I forget about
2: it. I think that there's people in my church that would be open to a volume two. That's what I was going to say. I have a (laughs) a pastoral question for you. Um, So we've talked a little bit about the the systematic (laughs) theology of affirmation. Like, why is it true? How is it connected to God? Right?
0: Yeah. I think that there's some
2: questions in the spiritual theology or pastoral theology or sanctificational (laughs) theology of affirmation. Like... I find that there's there, the two of the two of the areas that people really struggle with is one affirmation doesn't occur to them to say.
1: Hmm.
2: And secondly, when it does occur to them, the internal working of inhibition overcomes the internal desire and strength to deliver the affirmation. So like I've talked to people before, they're like, yeah, I was thinking of this thing to say to my wife or my kid. Hmm. And I just it, I, I just didn't get it to come out of my mouth. Hmm. So there's this like this issue of inhibition. people struggle with i see that also in i see that just in physical worship Mm -hmm. when people come to corporate worship they're like they're they're emotionally inhibited from expressing themselves Mm -hmm. in an emotionally free way right um but then there's also the the occurrence i think you Mm -hmm. he said did say before sam said this can become a project for you men especially and I, i think that there's one sense in which in the book he encourages affirmation as a spiritual discipline so yeah. like my assistant knows that I want to write between three and five notes of affirmation that I will mail out with a stamp every week. And it's like a thing. I yeah. don't do that with correction notes. And that doesn't it's mean that it's just affirmation. It doesn't mean that yeah. it's
0: not like authentic and real. Right. It just means that because it doesn't come natural, right. that you're just going to have to put it into the schedule. And I have a, I
2: have a personal discipline checklist yeah. for each day. When I went yeah. to bed, when I woke up, did I right. work out? Did I drink sugar? And then, for every one of my my wife and all of my kids, there's a check. Did I positively connect with this person in my family today? Mm-hmm. Because that has to be, sadly, that work of grace has to be intentional. Yeah. I have to exert myself to do it. I don't. Criticism occurs to me, <laughs> and just intuitively, <laughs> yes, it does. I don't have all to work it.
1: And the more creative you are. The more it occurs. shortcomings you observe yes. in people around you, that politician yeah. and that, that yeah. pastor sermon, oh, I, that could have been better. And yeah, yeah. yeah. Criticism and occurs to us. I feel like our us.
2: culture too has given way to that. The yeah. humility that used to say, well, maybe you shouldn't let everything come out of your mouth yeah. has kind of given way to a culture of criticism. Yeah. So we have the personal thing that yeah. occurs to us. And then we have a lot of culture saying, hey, that's totally fine. Just yep. criticize
1: everything. You have the bumper sticker. If you're not outraged, you're not paying attention. Mm. I, I just think that's fueling anger in our culture, and it's a lie. Mm. If you're outraged, you're not paying attention. Mm. God is the only one who has mm. the right to be outraged at what's going on. The rest mm. of us are getting less than we deserve. Mm. So, uh, uh, okay, the, the person who doesn't have the natural impulse, that was yeah. your question, I think.
0: Yeah.
1: They, 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 they spot criticisms, but yeah. they don't think spontaneously that yeah. I should affirm that. Well, like, I'm, I'm going to generalize here, and Nick can check me on this to see if I'm right. I think all disciplines, which have a disciplinary suck it up and do it obedience component. Yeah are also good for us. They're, they're rewarding. Yeah. All the disciplines. You hmm. should read your Bible. But if you do, <laughs> you're better hmm. off. Yeah. You should pray, kiss and your and wife. Kiss okay. But if you do, yeah. you're better off. Okay. So sure Ephesians 4.29. Okay with that one. And I'm assuming that these people that are, are uh, Christians who see shortcomings mm-hmm. but don't naturally affirm. Yeah. There are texts like this. Um, Ephesians 4, 29, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths. Mm -hmm. Then there's not a period there and he moves on, but only such as is good for building up. Hmm. Mm -hmm. That's a command. Yeah. Mm -hmm. As fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. So do you want to be a grace giver? Mm. Well, I don't know if anybody would say, no, I don't, I don't want to be that. Mm -hmm. Well, you want to be it. So work at it. Mm. And it's, um, uh, I had one guy tell me that there's a there's a chapter at the end of the book that gives a hundred start mm-hmm. ideas yeah if you think you're stuck and not very good at this yeah and he uh, photocopied those hundred ideas and cut them into individual slips yeah. strips and he he taped them around his shaving mirror yeah and then he d- determined every day he was gonna do one pick one and do that yeah. one today mm-hmm. and that got him in the habit after you do that for a month or so then It's the way you think. And we do need to learn to be on the lookout for things to commend. Mm. But the good news is God is at work everywhere in Mm. everyone, even unbelievers. Mm. He's at work in them. And we can... There's things to drive. affirm all the time. Yeah, all for, the there's time. no
0: excuse to say, well, well I just I didn't, didn't find something I didn't
2: today. Say anything today. Yeah. Well, yeah. Then and I that's a blindness problem. Yeah. I think once you're committed to honesty, too, when you're like, I'm not going to give an affirmation that isn't honest, right. but I am going to affirm, then it, it harnesses your creative energies mm. to find stuff you really can affirm honestly, yeah. but that is really there. And, yeah. it, and it challenges your theology that God made everybody's image, He is working. Mm-hmm amidst all people, yeah, if you really yeah. believe that, then like there is stuff out there. And so it's almost like, it's romantic in the sense that you're like, you're going out to find yeah. this thing that God is doing and trying to, mm. trying to recognize. I haven't, and say, Look, uh, there.
1: I haven't made this uh, God centered, but it has become a habit. My wife would tell you that when I go through the checkout counter at a store mm. and I use a credit card to pay, yeah. there's this little screen, you know, that tells yeah. you when you can remove your card or whatever. And when I'm done removing my card, I pretend I say it says on here if the worker's name is yeah. Billy Bob. Yeah. Uh it says, be sure to thank helpful and intelligent Billy Bob. <laughs> Nobody's yeah. been offended by that. <laughs> yeah. And all of them are like, does it say that? And uh, oh well, thank you. And yeah. and people yeah. behind get a kick out of it. Yeah. And uh that little momentary mm-hmm. affirmation that takes 10 seconds, yeah, uh is elevating mm-hmm. is you know, Building up, mm-hmm. it it's not explicitly Christian. Yeah, but it's only ten seconds, mm-hmm. and, um, and it's
2: so people,
1: opposite of what everybody else yeah, does. It's ve-
2: people are very forgiving if you're corny, because oh, yeah. no one does, does it like stuff. It, yeah. Like as as the culture gets more critical real meaningful affirmation that mm-hmm. isn't sick of fancy or servility gets yeah. more rare. Yeah. And it turns out that people, the, the opportunity for revival, the opportunity to really make God look good is not to try to rush after the world to make more extreme, the virtue they appreciate at this moment, hmm. but to actually like show the beauty of the one that they've moved away from in yeah. the overemphasis of their insanity and really Man. affirming people who just as an individual, like right there in front of you, is one of those things that's been shriveled. Mm.
1: I, uh, yeah. I'm i sure I do it more than nine times out of 10, but I don't always do it. Because if the worker was a, an unhelpful grump, mm-hmm. I'd just be, finish you'd be my lying, transaction yeah. and yeah. move on.
0: <laughs> you don't say that... It says to tell the worker that they've been an unhelpful <laughs> it doesn't say that it I way, well. yeah. whether I think it'll
1: be yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> beneficial. Fruitful. Yeah,
0: fruitful. Yeah. Yep. Okay, I have to ask this question because the young people listen to this podcast, young single people listen to this podcast, and there is a problem among young single people, and the young people in general, even married people, is there a certain gender... Boundaries that people should draw in in terms of um, affirmation. Like if I went up to your wife and I was like, "You're I don't I don't, I don't you have a good example." I'm I trying think, to think of something. I like, think it really depends. On no, what. no, so, I, I'll take It's slightly it back at weird. It. Yeah. If I
1: affirmed her in ways that like maybe mm-hmm. maybe you should yep. only affirm yep. her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. Um, my first answer will get us in trouble, but my second <laughs> answer I hope will help. Okay. The first answer is I think we should take more risk on this than we normally do Wow! I think more guys are afraid of affirming a strange woman than are willing to affirm yeah a woman a single woman Mm -hmm. Um, dude I I just want to say I did not
0: think that that was gonna be your answer to this question I thought I so that's surprising but go go ahead yeah
1: the second thing that I would say is um uh, years ago Walter Wangren who's now dead wrote a book called, uh, as for me in my house, in which he talked about the maybe moment. Mm-hmm. So picture it like this. Um, he, a guy in the church meets a, a married guy in the church meets a married woman in the church. Mm-hmm. And, uh, how do you do? Nice to meet you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Before God and the angels and everybody that was totally innocent. There wasn't a wrong motive, a wrong yeah. behavior, wrong speech, nothing. It was all pure as the driven snow. Yeah. All right. And then, Later they meet again and, oh yeah, I, yeah, you're, you're Gladys and mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, nice to see you again. Yeah. You know, oh, still clean, innocent. It's fine. And then maybe they find out that they're um uh, at a meeting together and they mm-hmm. happen to sit next to each other and, you know, and he helps her with her coat still could be fine. I'm assuming that it is fine for the sake of this illustration. Yeah. And, uh, and then uh, maybe they're they're in the choir together, mm-hmm. and they they go to the choir chili feed together, and uh, she happens to laugh at his jokes, mm-hmm. and he likes that she laughs at his jokes. Still innocent, which is it? Self affirmation, laughing at people's jokes. It is. It is mm-hmm. giving people time, mm-hmm. uh, saving them a seat. Yeah, all kinds of affirmation, mm-hmm. v- varieties of affirmation. Okay, but a time c- arrives mm-hmm. in this relationship where. Maybe she looks him in the eye and lingers there a little longer than normal. And here's what Walter Wangren says. It raises the question, was that inappropriate? And the answer is maybe. He calls it the maybe moment. Yeah. And that's when you back up. When you run into the maybe moment. Yeah, so go ahead and, and be at the chili feed and be in the choir and, mm-hmm. and help with the coat and yeah. and laugh at the jokes and then, until you come up to the maybe moment, and then there's a buffer that you yeah. need to put
0: in there. Yeah, mm-hmm. that makes sense.
2: I think, mm-hmm. I think that that's assuming well, you're emotionally unhealthy that you're not already attached to her and that it's already too. And you, you can yes. be honest with
1: yourself, yeah. And, yeah. right? That's right, you can get sucked in, Because right. yeah. it's so easy to, to uh, like a paper clip with a magnet, you try mm-hmm. to push that paper clip. Only so far, it's, and then all it's, of a sudden it jumps right. Whoops!
2: Yeah, that's actually a really good illustration for human attraction. Yeah,
0: because yeah. the maybe moment you don't it, even have a chance yeah. to stop. Yeah, it at so that maybe point. moment yeah. is,
2: is before that. Is what he's yeah, saying. That's yeah. right. Yeah. 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 So I, okay. So in in my experience as a pastor, um, so first of all, I think if somebody reads Sam's book and understands what he means by affirmation, yeah, you can practice what's in that book between single people. I think that works fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think. I do think affirmation builds affection mm. and affection can lead yeah. to a romantic affection. So, so beware. Right. So that's true. And mm-hmm. it, it may be that maybe that you want that. I mean, if you're single people and you if like have a you should, should have, want it. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I think where I've seen difficulty is when older men have tried to do this with younger women <laughs> yeah,
0: and they that, think yeah. they're
2: being like kind of a grandpa figure.
0: Yeah. And, and so it, it
2: doesn't, it, why would it feel weird? I'm old enough to be her dad or grandpa. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And mm-hmm.
2: it does feel weird to her.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Be um, careful.
2: Yeah, especially the kind of like, "Wow, you like you look like a woman now," or like they're like, "Yeah, yeah. that." Yeah, and I think that some people yeah. want to give that kind of affirmation. I just don't. Mm-hmm. I think you can go up to a younger woman and say, "Hey, it was great to see you serving at this thing." Yes. it's great to see young people involved. You in the are so helpful. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that kind of stuff is fine. But when you when you say something that like uh-huh. a father might say or a grandfather uh-huh. might say, but you aren't their grandfather, yeah, and the, the
1: physical descriptions. right, and the psychological yeah. taboo of Careful. separation, Careful.
2: that comes with the family. The Real yeah. family connection doesn't exist the same way in the church in a lot of cases, <sighs> yeah. and you shouldn't presume upon it. I will that. So say that with older men, I just would say, "Be do not." I would not make a comment that is directly connected to her femininity. Yeah, only well, her godliness I, I and would, image-bearing nature. Yeah, Sam
0: does a like. I think that you do a good job of this because when we're around my wife, because we're in your small group, I always feel like you say things that are uplifting to her Mm -hmm. and they're not not never have we we ever been like sam's weird like he said something weird. <laughs>
2: we think you're weird in other ways, but yeah, not okay. in that way. All right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's, if, you're, if you're an older man, yeah. it is totally fine to be a little corny and to yeah. do dad jokes and stuff like yeah. that that are affirming other people. Like, but like, yeah. but you just don't want it to be weird for them. Yeah. That's
0: the thing. I was like, that, that's what I was trying to say. Is that I think you do a really great job at that. that because mm-hmm. it, I think it can make younger people feel. Mm-hmm. You make younger people feel more comfortable, and I wish more people. One of the things I like about you, Sam, is I, I. Is how you interact with people in general. And I think if more, if younger people saw how you specifically interact with other younger people and people in general, I think that that would, I think you do a good, good job of um, bridging the gap
1: between the generations. I'll uh, give you five minutes to stop talking that way.
2: I, th- I do think that like this, but this is also one of those areas where um, yeah. a lot of younger women, especially, well, a lot of younger women, period, mm. I think, crave warm, non-sexualized relationships with men. Yes. And so, um, and some of them feel like there just aren't any, like they are just an object everywhere they go because of how yeah. sexualized the culture mm-hmm. is. Yeah. And so for a woman to really feel like she stands before a man, she is receiving his attention. That mm-hmm. attention is warm, mm-hmm. but it is, there is no sexual energy projected projected yeah. from him towards her that she feels like she has to control or dodge or deal yeah. with that. She, she feels emotionally no mental safe and emotional energy. Yeah. Right. That's the way you want single women feeling at your church. Yeah. And there are going to be some men who are not going to do that well. And yeah. you want to do it well. Yeah.
0: And what do you do about the men who are are bad at this?
2: Like, like what, what if do it's, I do? If it's, obvi- if it's obvious, then I think that's, I mean, our elders have talked with guys. Yeah. From like, be careful when you say that to do not talk to women at this church if you want to go here. Because there's a yeah. gap in perception that you have, that you haven't been able to bridge. And if you want to come to church here, you cannot do things that make women feel uncomfortable. You are not to talk to like younger women, period. Um, usually the people like that are mentally handicapped in some way and they're lonely.
1: Yeah, and- yeah there, there are other factors there mm-hmm. that you're introducing that I think are are wise to introduce. Mm-hmm. It, it's, uh, I'll say like any other correction that is owed, mm-hmm. we need to correct one another, but um, that needs to be, um, qualified by, do I have any authority there? Do I have responsibility to, you know, I I just don't think a random person in a congregation should come to church on Sunday morning with a clipboard saying, now who can I correct today? And, and, um, but if there's a pattern, if you have, you know, you would correct your children about Mm -hmm. things that you wouldn't correct somebody else's kid about Mm -hmm. because they're not your kid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So there are, there are jurisdictional Mm -hmm. issues, there are patterns, there are competency issues. Like if you've got someone who doesn't have all of their marbles, um, they're going to say some things and, Mm -hmm. um, minus the miraculous grace of God, you're not going to help them see how they come across. They just don't see it. Yeah. So, yeah. Um,
0: I kind of want to like, build a, a bridge between Eric, ask a question about the, you wrote another book called practicing thankfulness. And I'm wondering, is there any can, like reason that you did affirmation and then thankfulness? Like what, why, why did you choose those two things to
1: practice? Like there's, there's other things to practice <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. A zillion things to practice. Yeah. Um, well, the trigger for practicing thankfulness was Mm -hmm. a guy named Peter Olney who was in our small group Mm -hmm. uh, once upon a time walked in on a winter day and he was taking his coat off and he said Sam I think I know the next book you should write practicing thankfulness and then he told me what he had observed about Mm -hmm. my practice of thanking Mm -hmm. people and thanking God for what blessings are coming to me through these people Mm -hmm. and through God and from God through these people yeah Um, so what was your question well Why, why that was the next one. So I think you kind of answered that
0: because it was weird because I was in the bookstore at church Mm -hmm. and I saw practicing thankfulness. I didn't know that you had written that. And I was like, I was like, that's kind of like a interesting book to write because I I don't think about thankfulness as something to practice, but I, And then I read through the book a little bit, and there's a hundred re- ways to be thankful
1: in it. And well, I, I am motivated, was motivated mm-hmm. at the time that I was mm-hmm. writing it by an observation that um, many people who intellectually, mm-hmm. academically, mm-hmm. embrace a theology of God's sovereignty, mm-hmm. it there's a short circuit. It gets blocked mm-hmm. in terms of their affect, their their feelings. Mm-hmm. And it's revealed in what they don't thank God for, hmm. as though it didn't come from him. Hmm. And so if God is, as Abraham Kuyper said, there's not one square inch of yeah. the universe over which he does not declare mine, mine yeah. then I should be thanking God for every square inch of the universe. Mm-hmm. Not that I have time to label each square inch, <laughs> yeah. but as in the flow of life as it yeah. comes toward me, there should be a heartfelt gratitude that in his infinite wisdom mm-hmm. he's working all things mm-hmm. by which he means all things mm-hmm. together for the good of those who love him mm-hmm. everything so uh, it's common and it's easy for people to practice 1st Thessalonians 5:18 uh in everything give thanks mm-hmm. so you're skiing down the hill you break a leg <laughs> you're thankful that in that situation, you didn't break both legs or break your neck or something like that. Yeah. So there are people have been able to do that calculation. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sure grateful that when I had COVID, I didn't have leprosy or, yeah. you know, that yeah. kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. But Ephesians 5.20 says, mm-hmm. for everything, always, always and for everything, give thanks. And so, as I was pondering those texts and the reality of those dynamics, I saw in it um, Romans 1, uh, the, um, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith, for faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith, for the wrath of God... Is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness Mm -hmm. of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. Suppress the truth. Mm -hmm. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived since the creation of the world in the things that are made. So Mm. they are without excuse for although they knew God, they did not honor him as God. And here Mm. comes or give thanks Mm. to Mm. him. Now, that can be considered linguistically two things. They didn't honor God as Mm. God. And second thing, they didn't give thanks. Mm. Or it can be one thing. How did they not honor God as God? They didn't give thanks to him. Interesting. That's are closely related. Yes, it's not full opposition, it's at, at least that they're integrated in like
2: at a least. gracious response back to God
1: for what he has displayed about himself. And so uh, the more I've looked into it, the more I find it's, it's pivotal. It's a hinge, a life swings on whether it will thank God for what he's ordained mm-hmm. in their life. As a wise person who loves them and is working it all together for their good. And, and what also helps majorly is for people to remember when he brings adversity, he's not done. Mm-hmm. He's not done with your calamity.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, th- I think uh. one of the things that that's, struck me, I remember I was getting ready to preach Romans one time and I was working through that text. And one of the things that surprised me about it was the strong emphasis between suppression and revelation that multiple times in the passage it's like the human beings are pressing down the truth so because they don't want to know it
1: Exchange and god is for this right
2: and god is displaying himself by speaking and showing himself in creation in word right and what the apostle is saying is when you aren't thankful that is that is like you're not expecting god's providence his ordinances right but it's it's because you won't listen like you are rejecting what he says about creation, and it's it's delusional. And thankfulness, honoring God, and being thankful is like the discipline of reverting back to being able to being willing to mm. see. Mm. Right? It's like it's a it's a revelational delusional mm. dynamic. And thankfulness, mm. like, is the way faith expresses itself to accept what God has spoken and shown about Himself, mm. rather than suppressing what God has spoken. It's and like the, the key. It's the a- it's yeah. very fun yeah. yeah. in, to...
1: in scores of interviews I've asked people to to pause and try to recollect what has been the most severe circumstance they've gone through what's been the hardest thing in their life mm-hmm. and and uh, and let it be hard feel the difficulty of it mm-hmm. okay now that you've considered whatever it is whatever that situation was can you say since it's now in the past has God brought any benefits to your life through it? And it's like, oh yeah, oh, for sure. Okay, were these benefits little tiny things or were they pretty significant benefits? Yeah, they were pretty pretty life-changing, mm-hmm. eye-opening. I'm a, I'm a different man because I went through X, Y, Z. That is a way to move towards being thankful for that thing that was very unsavory, mm-hmm. very difficult at the time. But... God was at work in it and he wasn't mm-hmm. done. And now that I'm, I'm beyond it some distance, mm-hmm. I can begin to see, and he's still not done mm-hmm. bringing benefits out of that thing. Cause he works all things together, mm-hmm. including this time gap. He's still working together for my mm-hmm. good.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. I think that a couple of things, because you wrote quoted Romans eight before that like one, it does require faith in the midst of the difficulty Sure. So you could participate yep. in that God working yep. it through, right? But I, th- I think one of the things that you alluded to there was that you may have lost something that expires, that's temporal, that's monetary. And the benefit that you recognize on the back end is that you're a different person. That, like, the gain was like inside of you. Like, God changed you as a person towards holiness. And the thing you lost was health, money, your good name. Expirable things, right? And I think if you don't have a
1: a more God-centered understanding of what God's really trying to do to it with us, well, you said it requires faith. Mm-hmm. It does. It requires faith, and it builds faith.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: There's there's a I don't know an upward spiraling or something that happens regarding our faith. the The more we have confidence that God didn't waste that adversity, that mm-hmm. calamity that's in the in the past the more faith we have for the calamity that's coming.
2: Right. Mm. And and if you have learned thankfulness, you're more likely to participate in faith in the thing because you've been building building this idea of how to respond to God, right?
1: And it's infectious. Mm-hmm. Others are more willing to thank God for stuff. If they hear me thank God for that thing, they go, oh, amen. Mm.
2: Yeah.
1: They hadn't yeah. thought of it, but now they do.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I mean... Because pastorally, like I, sometimes you'll have this where like somebody's like really... F- upset at God something's happened in their life and then you say something as a pastor you say something like okay in in the book of Hebrews it says to receive all hardship as discipline Uh now discipline can mean punishment but it it can also mean trial like a difficulty by which the real you is either created or revealed yeah right like like forcing somebody to climb a mountain yeah reveals that they're capable of climbing, of climbing the mountain. Mountain, like they, they, and, and they yeah. may have become somebody capable of climbing that mountain while they're in the climbing. climbing. Yeah. Right. And so if you say, okay, if you, if we take this as, as God speaking to us, right. in His written word. What if you just put aside your anger for a minute and just mm-hmm. looked at this differently? Like, look at it. Like, what if this is a trial that God is testing you, but also it's the kind of test that makes you the kind of person who passes the test whilst taking the test what what yeah. might he be doing as this sort of coach discipline person yeah right and i'm like you can be mad you can be mad right when you leave my office yeah. but right just for a minute just let's do a thought experiment mm-hmm. and if you could just change that perspective for a minute it's like well he could be doing this and he could be doing that he could be doing this mm-hmm. and then you go like well, what would be more yeah. profitable yeah. for you both in your self-interest and recognizing god's glorious nature mm-hmm. which of those should you dwell on do you think
1: yeah. Right. That and, same text says no discipline is pleasant. Right. At the time, later on, however, it produces a harvest mm. of righteousness and peace mm. in those who are being trained by it. So yeah. I think in the, your thought experiment that right. you're doing, one caution for people in their thinking is, if you ask, you know, what good might God be be producing through this adversity, and if their answer is, oh, I can't think of anything, be careful. Right at that moment. Mm friend because if you, be, because you can't think of one doesn't mean there isn't one mm-hmm. it means you can't think of one mm-hmm. the limitation mm-hmm. is in your ability to think right not in his ability to produce fruit through yeah him, which through leads yourself. me
2: to something that is somewhat speculative theologically in, which is i think sometimes god has to use pain in areas where there are perception gaps in us like to there, awaken us yeah there are things in me where like I didn't really realize how things from my family of origin was affecting how I was treating people. And I thought I was being godly, but I was doing the right thing, but not very nicely. I was really protecting myself and I really, (laughs) some stuff had to go wrong because I thought I was doing a great job. I'm
1: not laughing at the wrong in your life. I'm laughing. (laughs) But something,
2: something had to go wrong to break the perception barrier. And, and sometimes when there's a perception yep.
1: barrier, yep. it's only pain can break that sometimes. You quoted Lewis earlier. Is he the one who says, um, God screams in our pain? Yeah, he whispers pain in like our, our pleasures. Or, 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 yeah, yeah. Something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I think, think- You're so a Lewis fan, so aren't I, you? So I think it's yeah, I actually- haven't read as much as both I think you sometimes probably.
2: it's, it, it's, it's not uncommon that people who are in pain and can't see why this pain would exist. Yeah. I think that's when you're, when you're ministering to somebody, you'd be like, okay, listen, That's actually not uncommon at all. Sometimes the reason it had to be painful is because we couldn't see the thing that God wants to do in us. So now we go back to John 7, where Jesus says, if you want to know if I'm from God, do what I tell you. And then you will know that it's from God or that it's from the Lord. That is that sometimes you have to trust God and obey him in this situation that does not make sense. And in experiencing and walking through it at the end. And you begin to realize why it all happened and why the command yeah, is good yeah. and why God i think to you're the right
1: i think you're right that um god can use pain to awaken in us something that we need to learn discover change modify that's right often right, right. really often but right. a bad
2: principle to universalize
1: yes yes absolutely because there could be some suffering and it's not meant for you to learn anything at all
2: right absolutely i totally agree yeah.
1: Like Jesus on the cross. Right. It's not because he's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> he's right on task. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, okay, so is it um
2: But we okay, let me say one more thing on this. Yeah. Um, wouldn't you say one of the good applications of Hebrews thirteen is that he says, Receive all hardship as discipline. So that like your default uh, attitude towards difficulty is a learning attitude. God's doing something. Yeah. Right. So even if it's not because it's you not, can't perceive something, right. God is going to use it for yeah. something in your life. Yeah. And if you assume it's some kind of trial in the positive yeah. sense that God is going to use it for something, whatever happens, it will be more profitable than that's if you just That's applicable to mad. The, the cross right? as
0: well. Like what you were saying, that's, that's applicable to on the cross. But what Sam is saying is,
2: like, let's not assume that God's providence in all suffering is. Your lack of perception—that may sure. not be what God is doing. At yeah, all. Right. right. Oftentimes, so, it is not all the time. It is. And well, well so so I, I think we both cross. agree that oftentimes God is doing yeah. between nine and twenty million things all at the same <laughs> <Yeah>. time in any <laughs> yeah. given situation. Yeah. So uh, we're never yeah. exhausting God's purposes. Yeah, we're only ever maybe retrospectively like Recogn- like th- considering what they might be. Yeah, and and then glorifying God, and recognizing that we may not know. The one yeah. fiftieth of it, much less the half of it. It's yeah.
1: just a few verses earlier, <clears throat> where it says, "Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, <clears throat> the author and finisher of our, of our faith, who, for the joy set before him, endured the cross." That's what you yeah. brought up, mm-hmm. despising a shame, sat down yeah. at the right hand of the throne of God. Yeah. Consider him. Yeah. So yeah. there's a there's a cross centered um, thought process here that will help us with mm-hmm. our own adversity.
2: I'm, I'm thinking- and when you say cross centered, you don't just mean looking to Jesus on the cross for his atoning work for us. You mean a cross centered cross co-bearing that part of the dignity of faith is that God, that Jesus draws us into certain non-atoning cross bearings that
1: are positive. Yep. There's, there's a, there's a fellowship of his sufferings that I have to suffer my suffering through my cross Mm -hmm. and his work on the cross purchased for me, the faith and the endurance to make it through those adversities that I will Mm -hmm.
0: face. I think this can, I think this can relate back to, to practicing affirmation in a way, because I think when one thing in the preparation that I was thinking about is that there's awkwardness in practicing affirmation when you don't naturally practice affirmation. And like, like if you, if, if after you listen to this podcast, uh, you're somebody who's not good at, at, at practicing affirmation and you decide today, I'm going to, I'm going to practice this today and I'm going to do this every day. I'm going to find two people and say something affir- affirming them. That's good and biblical. That's going to be awkward for like probably the first couple times. First, maybe a couple of days, maybe a couple of weeks. If you're really awkward, um, and in that way, that can be looked at as pain or or a sort of suffering. And one thing that was helpful about Nick, you've you talked about how in be, in being a young Christian or a newer Christian, sometimes the only way to grow in certain things in godliness is by Following the discipline, even when you can't see why this why this is necessary or why this is good, and you fought and you do the discipline because through doing the discipline, you're going to understand and see why it's good. And like kind of what you're just talking about in in Hebrews, in that um counting all your like pain and suffering as a uh, discipline, and so that you can while while like taking the test, you become the test taker or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. So the test passer, the yeah. test passer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I guess in connecting that to affirmation, um, I guess do you have like any encouragement for people who feel, or are going to feel weird and like, like feel awkward and weird. And, and in some ways feel like that's like a burden to try to change their entire outlook on relationships and try to, Affirm people and things after listening to this podcast or
1: reading your book? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I don't have a formula, but I, I would yep. say about any right discipline, any right practice, if it feels awkward, don't let the awkwardness block you. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Pushing through inhibition
1: yep. Yep. is
2: in, like if you say, What is faith expressed? Mm-hmm. What does faith look like? Yeah. And I think one of the things faith looks like is pushing through emotional inhibition when mm-hmm. you really do believe convictionally, the thing is right. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Especially
2: yeah. when you know that the the purpose is protective or fear-based yeah. or pride-based. And so I, th- I think mm. being expressive in worship, whether it's just singing yeah. out or doing actions of devotion, like mm. in gathered worship that isn't self-exalting, but is really God-exalting. Um, but like some of the hardest things in my life is to make certain sentences come out of my mouth. Mm. Just some of the hardest things in my Can life. Can you illustrate? yeah i mean some of it's like we're just really like i'm proud of you i'm glad you're my daughter i like because i um because i feel like and i think that this is connected with my experience of being humiliated as a younger child mm-hmm. that like it's dangerous to put yourself in a position where you could be humiliated or rejected and when you affirm people yeah, you often put yourself risk. in the position of the possibility yeah. of being mm-hmm. rejected mm-hmm. and that's like, I, like i affirm i affirmed somebody um a, about a month ago about something they did at High Point uh, ten years ago, and it ended up leading to a like hour long conversation where she like wants to have enough time to criticize me for all the stuff that she felt went <laughs> badly, right? And that I mean and this was your wife, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that was I mean it's hard for me at the same time like receiving criticism graciously is something I need to do, and yeah. so that's important. But like that happens like and so and I've I've affirmed my kids or my wife in ways and they didn't receive it as graciously I was I would have liked it I didn't feel refreshed by it Uh but I also know that like but a lot of times people do receive it really graciously and I think one of the things that what Sam said brings up for me relative to suffering is I feel like when you notice other people suffering well and you affirm them in it that's one of the most precious kinds of affirmation Uh to say like I see you I see what you're going through Uh and I also see how you're bearing up under it because they're trying to not make it obvious right. how much they're suffering. They're trying to bear it in faith and in good humor.
0: Yeah. And
2: yet for you to say, look, I know that's just really tough. And yeah. you have you have really been mm-hmm. exemplary. I think that that's... Yeah. That could be one of the
1: dearest forms yeah. of Endurance is one of the Christ-like qualities that mm-hmm. is precious and we should affirm it when we mm-hmm. spot it. Yeah. Because we're a culture of quitters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I quit this podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no. I, I want to... I think... Maybe as we wrap up, I think something could be fun that I just kind of thought of is so that we could show people how this is done. So to to wrap it up, I think it could be you cool want us to just affirm you for ten minutes. I want you guys to we're <laughs> gonna take the last thirty minutes and you guys are just gonna tell me things. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Maddie's smiling over there. Yeah, she just turned the cameras off and everything. <laughs> no, um, I think what we could do is within this conversation that we just had, find one thing about the person to our left or our right to affirm. Does that sound doable from three dudes from three different generations? Well, it ought to be doable. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and Sam can start because he's,
1: he's the mastermind behind Well, it. I've met Nick for the first time yeah. today, yeah. Yeah. and I just appreciate your faith in the scripture. Hmm. I, I sense there's a settled conviction in you that the Bible is right. It, it's true. And uh, that's a gift. Faith is a gift, as we know, from the Bible.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, so I affirm it in you. And you don't seek to suppress it, but you you try to unleash it and mm-hmm. apply it. And that's a signal that God's at work in you. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And it's a pleasure for
1: me to observe it yeah. and to mm-hmm. meet you and interact with you.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I know. That you well, then to, you could practice thankfulness. Yeah, I, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I, I really appreciate. Like, I really appreciate that you like you mm-hmm. took time today to do this, because like you're not going to sell a lot of books doing it, but to take time and talk to people, you've you're talking to people you've never met. Mm-hmm. Um, to, to widen the, that pastoral scope not really for a way it's going to help you self-promotionally but like is going to care for some of Christ's sheep I think some people mm-hmm. are going to hear about this that Maybe didn't get so. a chance to read your book or study it mm-hmm. carefully not either
1: you nor I know what one little mm-hmm. seed could mm-hmm. could eventuate in
2: mm-hmm. yeah yeah so I pr- appreciate that and also before when we were talking mm-hmm. you asked a lot more questions about me than I asked about you and I like I appreciate you taking interest in somebody you didn't you've never met when mm-hmm. you've got stuff to do and things to write
0: hmm. yeah mm-hmm. all right I'll do one for for both of you <laughs> so, so I'm like re- gonna be really good at this that was self-affirmation but um, I'll start with Sam <laughs> I, I, I actually from knowing you and being in your small group I, we only went like four or five times yeah. last year we were hoping to go more times this next time around um, I think
1: Andrew and welcome I, to the Twin <laughs> Cities
0: yeah well, well we really I think I admire your I think you do, I think you tell the truth in a way that's like, in a way that I want to be able to tell the truth someday. I think you do it. It's warm. It's warm and it's kind. And it's also always the truth. You don't like compromise the truth. You don't, you don't like water it down. You say it's true. But then when I leave, after you say something that's true, I leave thinking, Sam, Sam, loves me. That's why he told me the truth. Not Sam wants to trash me. And that's Mm. why he told me the truth. So I, I, Mm. I, even in the short time that I've known you, I appreciate that about you. Mm. I think that's a good thing. Nick. Um, I think the thing that I thought of that I think we're similar in is that my, maybe I didn't get a lot of like affirmation growing up. And I think that one of the things that I, that I've appreciated is a specific time when I think we were, I don't know. I don't remember where we were at some point in the last like year and a half. You told me that you were proud of me. And I think mm-hmm. that that was one of the first times that I think somebody's genuinely said that to me and, and that I appreciated that. So nice. mm-hmm. yeah, I'm getting teary eyed. So anyways, um, that's nice too. Yeah. 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 So I'll try to close this thing out while I'm crying. Um, but Sam, we appreciate you coming on the podcast and doing this. So yeah if you like this That's really helpful
1: it was worth it to see yeah. your tears <laughs> <laughs> yeah now i gotta literally I'm figure not out mocking. I, yeah yeah
0: um well if you are still listening to this and don't feel super uncomfortable because i'm crying <laughs> make sure <laughs> you share this with your friends and you like and subscribe and follow and go buy sam's book and read it and yeah it's a great book it's yeah. short
2: super short too yeah. it's mercifully short and yeah. right to the point
0: Cool. You'll really like it. Well, thank you. And thank you all for listening. We'll see you guys in the next one. Goodbye.